My name is Peter Himmelman, Grammy and Emmy-nominated musician, author, and chief dream enabler of Big Muse. I'm proud to underwrite this episode of The Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. Discover why companies like Adobe, 3M, McDonald's, and Gap have brought in Big Muse's rock and roll-fueled seminars to get inspired, to get insight, and to get activated. Write to me today at peter at bigmuse.com. Entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show, and along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning and journey. I'm proud to let you know we record this show in the studios of 94.3 FM The Talker, which is part of Bold Gold Media, and we are in my hometown of Scranton, Pennsylvania. The Business Builder Show is proudly distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find them at c-suiteradio.com. You can find The Business Builder Show and many other fine shows on C-Suite Radio. You can also find The Business Builder Show on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on my website, which is MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. Boy, I got that out, DC. Well, so are we, ready, are we ready to talk in, to our ready, interview? Ready to rock. Ready to go? Okay, well then let's go. Our special guest today is Scott Love. Hi, Scott. How are you? Hey, Marty. How are you? We're doing doing fantastic. Um, let me introduce Scott Love. Scott Love shows managers how to be the boss nobody will leave. I'm going to repeat that because I think it sets the stage for our entire conversation. Scott Love shows managers how to be the boss nobody will leave. Scott is a successful entrepreneur, professional keynote speaker, and the author of the book that we're going to focus on today. The title of that book is Why They Follow, How to Leave, Lead with Positive Influence. So again, Scott, welcome to the Business Builder Show. Thank you, Marty. It's great to be here, man. Now, the part I left up uh, in the intro I'm going to bring up now is that you are a graduate of the United States Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. First of all, congratulations for completing that, and thank you for doing that for our country. Yes, thank you. Even though that was back during the Cold War, I really am that old. And uh... <laughs> Come on, man. I know you're not that old. Let's not, let, let's not downplay this because I want to make this part of our discussion. And, 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 and I read your background. I know a little bit about you. And while you were in the military, you did some training. Talk yeah. to me about the training when you're, during your military stint, if you will. Well, the two things I did during my short few years, I was on active duty. First, I was on a minesweeper. And when you're on a ship, it's every day is hazardous. There's a lot of potential for things to go wrong. And so all the rules in the Navy are written in blood. Really, they are. And so you pay attention to training your team, training your troops, and it just becomes a part of how you think and how you live. And then on my short duty tour, this is in the early 90s when the Navy had an initiative called Total Quality Leadership. Yeah. Which was a derivative of W. Edwards Deming's yeah. concepts of total quality management. So uh -huh. I was in the right place at the right time. And they said, Ensign Love, we want you to be a trainer on what's called total quality leadership. Interesting. So this is in Norfolk, Virginia. So I was a trainer and at the age of 24. 
teaching senior enlisted military officers, civil servant workers on how to lead with some progressive concepts. Hmm. Uh, things like driving out fear, things like it's not a people problem, it's a process problem, really changing a culture. Hmm. So now the people that are on the line level that know what the problems are feel comfortable bringing that information up the chain. Hmm. Sounds like good preparation for a business career to me. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's and it also it sounds like a pretty decent background to write a book. So I'm going to say the book title again. It's Why They Follow How to Lead with Positive Influence. Uh, Scott, um, we certainly want people to buy the book, and um, but what what do you want people to get out of our discussion right now for the next right. twenty minutes or so? Well, what is it you really want? the actions to take, uh, what you want them to remember. Talk, talk to me about that briefly. Right, true. And let, let me get right to the point. There's no such thing as business is just business. It is personal. Uh, and when people make decisions about following a directive that a manager gives them, they have a choice. And think of it like this. They have a choice, a choice in how much energy, energy they contribute to the task. And if you would rank it on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 meaning they're going to put their heart and their soul. Well, if you lead with authority, I'm the boss, you do what I say because I'm the boss of you, they're going to give you about a one or a two. They're going to do the minimum. And they're going to say, well, if minimum wasn't good enough, it wouldn't be minimum. I'm just going to do the bare minimum and just get by. Mm -hmm. But what causes employees to give their heart and their soul to accomplishing a task, that's the personal leadership. And this is something I've seen you know, in my business career, Marty, not just speaking at conferences, but really the work that I do, mm -hmm. that I've done for over 22 years is as a high stakes headhunter. I was a recruiter mm -hmm. where I've talked to literally tens of thousands of professionals every single day about what causes them to be open to making a move. And every once in a while, I hear someone that says, I love it here. I'm never going to leave. Mm. I'm curious. I say, why is that? And this is what they tell me. They say, I love it here. I don't care how much more that op opportunity you have will pay me. I'm never going to leave. Why is that? It's because of that loyalty, loyalty to the boss, one level up. Mm. And so the, the short summary of the message is that when people choose to turn down better opportunities, they're doing it because there's an emotional context to work. They have a feeling. I love it here. Yeah. I'm never going to leave. And yeah. so when a, when a manager knows how I communicate to my people, it's going to have a direct causal link to how well they perform. And it's also going to increase our retention. And so that's the bottom line is yeah. if you thought of yourself as a manager and if the only thing you were measured on was your ability to put positive feelings in the hearts of your employees, if every time you got a $100 bonus, every time you put a warm fuzzy in someone's mind about you giving them some praise about they did something right and you told them in front of their peers, mm -hmm. if, if that was the only way you made an income, I believe that you would be a much better boss. If that was the only thing you did was to focus on you know, having this magical pixie dust, yeah. you know, and then maybe, yeah. you know, and just creating positive feelings in the hearts of your employees, they would probably work harder, they'd stay later, they'd put in their heart and their soul, and they'd never leave. So this is what we want people to remember. This is the action. So we're going to talk about some actions they can take, but let me tell you why I love the book. Two primary reasons, and you hit on one, well, we've talked about two of them. Is your background... From your military experience, a minesweeper, aren't you out there looking for trouble? Yes, we are, right in harm's way. <laughs> so, so, and, and, and back then they were wooden ships. Yeah, so so I, I, I like that thought process and, and your business experience and the 
and you talk about and you interweave it through your entire book, the whole emotional part of leadership. I'm not going to dwell on that, but that's really got me engaged with your book. Again, I'm speaking with Scott Love. You can find him on social media. Um, He does have a website. Your website is what, Scott? Is it scottlove.com? Scottlove.com. Pretty simple, scottlove.com. S-C-O-T-T-L-O-V-E.com. You didn't pay a marketing company to come up with that website name, did you? Was it waste money? No. no. Okay, good. <laughs> the title of the book is Why They Follow, How to Lead with Positive Influence. Okay, let's get into some um, some action steps, if you will. I'm going to go right to, I think it's chapter two, and you talk about three steps to servant leadership. Give me a little more detail on that. This is kind of the action steps. Maybe we can start going down. Yeah, that's right. When you look at servant leadership, What that means is that you're taking your eyes off of yourself and you're putting them on your people. And a couple of bullet points for people. Number one is to have a prosperous heart, to believe that there is room for everybody to achieve fulfillment in their work. And if we were to use a model for this, we would use Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. If you think of Maslow, who is an American consultant and psychologist in the 1950s, he comes up with the hierarchy of needs, or maybe it's the 60s, the most widely adopted model mm-hmm. of human needs. Sure. Yeah. At the very bottom, of course, we have our food, clothing, water, shelter, our survival needs. Above that, we have a need to feel safe. But above that, we have a need to belong to a team, mm-hmm. to have that affiliation with other people. So now we're starting to get to the emotional context of that employment relationship. Above that, we have a need to be recognized. Yeah. And if we look for opportunities to recognize people, to catch them doing something right and leverage that in front of a group, then we start to get that increase of their loyalty. Mm-hmm. But above that is that higher calling, that self-actualization. If we can show them how their work makes a difference to the whole big picture and we have that prosperous heart, that's going to get them to choose to stay. Uh, secondly, live in a way that's congruent with your heart. Mm such as getting clear on what your core values are, taking some time and asking yourself, what are my life values? And then when you have to make decisions, and sometimes they're difficult decisions, use those core values as your benchmark. And then finally, communicate this trust to your staff. Mm -hmm. There's this predictable sort of way that people work. They know that if you say that your core values are respect and they see you disrespecting one of their peers in a group situation, they're going to remember that. Mm. And they're going to tuck that memory away. And when you ask them to do something, they're going to relive that memory in their mind. And it's going to cause that response ratio to go to a one or a two instead of a 10. So those, those are a couple of tactical action steps I'd recommend yeah. that somebody follow in terms of, Good of stuff. building that servant leadership. I'm Marty Wolf. Stay here for more with my guest, Scott Love. My name is Peter Himmelman, Grammy and Emmy-nominated musician, author, and chief dream enabler of Big Muse. I'm proud to underwrite this episode of The Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. Discover why companies like Adobe, 3M, McDonald's, and Gap have brought in Big Muse's rock and roll-fueled seminars to get inspired, to get insight, and to get activated. Write to me today at peter at bigmuse.com. I talk to a lot of um, business owners, business leaders, as you do. I'm going to put you on the spot. (laughs) So in terms of companies who get this, (laughs) here you go. I'm going to flat out ask a question. Percentage of companies who get this, do you think it's closer to 10% or to 80%? Do you think that there's huge opportunity for people to become better at what you're talking about? 
I think that's unlimited opportunity. I'd say maybe 5% of the organizations really uh-huh. have it all together in, sort of, in, in this sort of thing. And, and I think that's because when you show emotion, you're at risk. When you put yourself out there, yeah. you're vulnerable. And nobody wants to be vulnerable because a lot of people live in an area where there's a lot of fear. Yeah. They're just afraid of what's going to happen. How are they going to be seen? And I think leadership itself is vulnerable. When yeah. you make a decision to stand alone, to do something against what everybody else is doing because of your values, there's some risk associated with that. But what's interesting, Marty, is that is very attractive to people. Hmm. People hmm. intuitively want to follow that sort of person. Hmm. Well, you know, I was going to ask you, well, why would people want to stand alone? Why would that leader or that manager, and not everybody is a leader, they may call themselves a leader, but that manager or person, quote unquote, in charge, why would they want to do that? Is there personal satisfaction for them, too, if, in fact, they stand up and they talk about their core values and they do the things that you talk about in your book? I think it's a matter of priorities. Mm. If you and your mind and, – and here's an example. During one of our summer years at the academy, it was before – it was halfway through the academy. It's the summer before your junior year. We would spend several weeks discussing leadership. And it was kind of fun. It was during the summer, so you weren't really in an academic setting. But we'd watch movies like Break a Morant mm-hmm. and uh, 12 O'Clock High. Mm-hmm. And we'd watch these classic movies, and we would look for leadership lessons. And in that environment, we were taught, make your decisions right now before you hit the fleet mm-hmm. or the field in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. What's more important to you, your personal integrity or your career? And by going through that, and thinking through this and knowing that what's more important, is our, more important is our personal integrity. If we choose to put that as a priority and we make decisions based on that, then nothing else really matters. And I think having that kind of courage to do what you feel is right, even though it might be unconventional, but you know that in terms of my priorities, I'm going to sleep better at night by making that hard right decision. I'm with you. But we are in an instant gratification world. So how do we get leaders and managers or people in companies to think that way? Well, well, I agree with you, but, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, right. so, so let's give folks additional um, inspiration. I'm not sure of the right word. Uh, why would someone think that long term? Because that's a long term thought process, Scott. Oh, it is. No, and I'll give you an instant immediate gratification type answer right now. Go. If. Whenever I've done leadership training programs and I've asked people to describe the attributes of a leader they would follow to the end of the earth, what do you think the first attribute is? Can I trust that person? Hmm. So let me kind of take it further and show you how there is a bottom line impact to being that type of boss. Because of my experience as a headhunter, Marty, and because and right now for the last six years, I focused on the legal niche. I recruit partners for mm-hmm. international law firms in Washington and New York. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking to a very sophisticated group of people. Yeah. Yet their desire to make a move is always emotional. And what is it that causes that? It's the leadership skills of those within that firm. If there's no trust, they're not going to stay. They're going to vote with their feet and they're going to vote to leave and take their portable business to some other firm. It's the same thing with your mid-level and lower-level employees. If they don't trust you, they're not going to stay. And you can take it from someone that has had tens of thousands of conversations with people about that very thing. When someone says, I love it here, why is that? I like to find out why that is. When someone says, I'm I'm anxious to leave, let me close my door, I always always ask them to elaborate. I don't like the team here. What do you mean by that? Well, I don't trust my boss. How so? Uh, And it always comes down to that. Yeah. So if, if we tie that all together, and, and the irony is that 
it's not rocket science or brain surgery we're talking about here. It's it's improving your heart, improving the condition of your soul is what it is. Yeah. And that's all it takes is to become. And that's why the, the title of my book, Why They Follow. Yeah. I use game theory and everything. Well, let's find out where's the advantage. How can we get our people to work harder, stay late and care more? Yeah. Well, if I become the type of person that's followable, I'm going to get them to follow me. So that's how I wrote the book. Let's start out with why people think. Why are they going to follow you? And let's lead in that direction. And that's the first one right there is having that prosperous heart that that people can trust. So I can clearly see there's personal gain. There's personal satisfaction with that. And you said this uh, in your explanation there is our companies. What's the value to companies in terms of uh, people stay because they trust their leader or their manager? What's the dollars and cents of this? Well, if you look at the cost to replace a high-performing employee, well, if there's a placement fee involved, there's a big fee, plus there's the time that you're going to lose, it's probably the equivalent of about a year and a half of their salary or more just to replace that one person. But here's something that happens beyond that, Marty, is that people love to talk. And bad news travels faster than good news. And if you're in the type of environment where people are complaining, they're not just talking to their colleagues, they're talking to they're your competitors' employees. Yes, yes. And, and that's where it all starts, yeah. is that it's, it's almost like this negative snowball effect. All yeah. of a sudden, now you got people that are leaving, you're down in headcount, and nobody's going to want to work for you because they're all dispersed yeah. to all of your competitors within your niche. And they're talking to everybody, and nobody's going to want to work for you. Yeah. So I think so we I, have – Scott, I think we have them hooked. Uh, anybody, <laughs> business owners, business leaders, Scott Love is my guest. His book is Why They Follow, How to Lead with Positive Influence. Again, scottlove.com. You can also find Scott on LinkedIn and I believe on Facebook and Twitter. So you can find him. You can follow him. The book is a guideline, exactly what Scott is talking about. If you are interest, interested in being a better leader, better person, and having enough positive effect on your company, this is a very much a worthwhile investment. So I guess what you've been talking about is um, the whole concept of the book, I guess, is as Chapter 9 describes, is becoming followable. Do you want to go a little more deeper on that? Becoming followable. That's a hard word to say, but I yeah, think is, I got it Yeah, it out. is. I was trying to find a better word for that. But <laughs> that's, you know, so whenever I give a speech, just about every other speech I give, I'll make up a word halfway through it. And I always say, I don't know if I should be embarrassed or proud. I made up a new word. It, it, it kind of gives you a pause, and then you have to think about the rest of the speech. So now that I right. put you on the spot, let's follow up on followable. <laughs> right. So, so because I mentioned – like we talked about before, this is an intensely personal concept. So it's a personal concept. You have to grow it within the, the strength of your soul. So I'd recommend getting a journal. If you yeah. don't have a journal, I recommend that you get one and test it for two weeks. That's where you write down your tragedies, your triumphs, all your victories, yeah. and all of, all of the questions that you have to answer, decisions, things like that. Yeah. Try it out for two weeks. Test it. If it doesn't help you, if you don't sleep better at night, then don't do it, but at least now you know. But if you test it for two weeks, I'm convinced you're going to keep it and write in it at least once a week. And in that journal, I want you to write down uh, the first question. How do I see myself as a leader? Mm -hmm. You want to write in your journal a description of where you are currently and where you see yourself eventually growing. The second question is this. What action steps do I need to take to become a leader worthy of following? Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, a coaching question. You're mm. coaching yourself. Yeah. What 
And, and I found whenever I get stuck on something, Marty, in my journal, I'll ask myself, what action steps do I need to take to accomplish this? Mm. And when I can break it down in a step one, step two, step three, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, simple mm. evolution, then it becomes a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So write down, what are the action steps that you need to take to become that type of person? And number three, I'd recommend a reading program of books on leadership. There's a lot of them out there. There's an endless supply. And sometimes you don't read new concepts. You just need to be reminded of the same things. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think uh, and then a bonus tip that I give in that chapter, I say, if, even if you have a low budget, order a bunch of books on leadership and have a regular weekly book discussion. Yeah. Read yeah. two chapters a week. Have a brown bag. People bring in their lunch. It's optional. Yeah. And people can talk about those two chapters. And if you want to take it to a deeper level, have the rookies facilitate those discussions. Yeah. Have the new people. Because when you teach something, that's when you really learn it, as you know. Yes. And as uh, is it okay if I recommend a couple other authors? Absolutely. Absolutely. I know you're a fan of Joe Calloway. Yes, I am. You mentioned Joe in the book. So yep. anything that Joe Calloway has written and another recommendation is uh, Mark Sanborn, latest book, which is called The Potential Principle. Potential I think principle. He was a guest of, on one of your podcasts recently, right? Yes, nice plug. Good job. Um, yes, he was. <laughs> he was a guest on the Business Builder Show. I love Mark. I love uh, uh, Joe Calloway. Um, so there's two recommendations. So uh, readers are leaders, all that kind of stuff. Uh, taking information, whether it's reading videos, taking information, learn, get better. Right? Um, that's important. That's it. Uh, you know what? We're, we need to start wrapping up, believe it or not. So I want to go to something that I found, which was brand new. Everything you're talking about is a different twist. That's why I like the book. That's why I like your Thank work. You. It's a new you. insights. It's not the same old, same old. It's good stuff, Scott. So congratulations. But I want to talk you. about uh, this state of grace document. And, and mm. this is a new way of looking at conflict resolution. Talk to me about that. It's called the State of Grace document. Frame that for me. You bet. It's uh, when you have an agreement with an, with an employee, with an individual. Yeah. It's realistic to say that at some point that relationship is going to end. Yes. You know, I, I put money on the fact that it's going to end. So when you start, and, and I'm trying to think of the name, and I have my book here. I'm looking for that right now. Of the author that wrote that, I it doesn't. I, Maureen I, I McCarthy and Zell yeah. Nelson from in yeah. uh, Flat Rock, North Carolina. And it's it's an amazing concept. I think they really hit a, a vein of gold in terms of an idea, because it states that if and when this relationship ends, let's agree to part on a good note. Yeah, I, m- I remember when I joined a sales company. Right after I got out of the Navy, I sold telecom, and the manager that hired me, he said, "At some point, you're going to leave this company." And when you leave it, I want you to leave it taking good things away when you go into your next opportunity. And, and when he told me that, it's like, I'm never going to leave. Yeah. You know, I'm never, I don't want to leave now. So and this I, was a, think, this is a discussion you have when you're hiring people. Absolutely right. So that when you depart, you have this uh, state of grace document. It's a whole different viewpoint uh, of the way you're going to work together and when or if you're going to leave um, you know, and work, work styles and, and uh, questions and expectations. 
I love this approach, and it's on page 62 of Scott's book, 62 and 63. I know you're going to have the book, so write that down. Um, I love that approach. It's really solid. Um, Scott, we need to wrap up, believe it or not. So uh, what closing thoughts or comments or uh, something that you want to make sure that people remember? What, what would you like to share with us? I recommend one final note is to document at the end of the day on an Excel spreadsheet what was your greatest achievement for the day and what was the biggest lesson that you learned that day? And this is something I do at the end of every day. I document, I have some other metrics that I document, but I write down what was my greatest achievement and what was my biggest lesson. And then over time, review those and it's going to strengthen those positive aspects, those achievements. Mm. They, you, you replay those past shots that you took when you're mm-hmm. ready to hit that ball mm-hmm. over the water hazard, right? Well, I've done this 20 times before. I can do it again. You replay that. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at your greatest lessons learned, those are the mistakes that you made. And so what I like to do about every couple of weeks is review those over the last few months and start seeing where I'm making the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that's going to give you insight into areas where you need to improve as a leader. So, Scott, the uh, lessons we've talked about here in your book, I know that successful people who lead successful lives and run successful companies are doing what you're suggesting. So, again, my guest has been Scott Love, why they follow, how to to lead with positive influence. So, Scott, thanks so much for being part of the Business Builder Show. Thank you, Marty. It's been great. So thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf, reminding you that this show and many others are available on C-Suite Radio. Find it on c-suiteradio.com. Thank you to our sponsor, Peter Hemmelman, and his Big Muse program. You can find Peter in that great program at bigmuse.com. So on behalf of myself, Marty Wolf, your host, and D.C. Taylor, my executive producer, thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf.